Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Spanish Stories on Gay News America. We want to welcome our listeners in the United States and around the world. A good day afternoon to all and a happy MLK Day. Today we begin with the words of Dr. King, Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Those who say to me, stick to civil rights, I have another answer. Others can do what they want to do. That's their business as other civil rights leaders for various reasons refuse or can't take a stand or have to go along with the administration. That's their business. But I'm afraid that I know that justice is indivisible. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Now I'd like to welcome to the show today's guest, Susan Gerard Hall. Susan, welcome to Spectrum Stories. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely, and happy MLK to you as well. Thank you. I'm so glad you're uh, marking the day today. It's a very big news. Yes, yes, it is. So tell our listeners a little bit about the work you do. I know that you're a public children's book and that you're big into theology and that you identify as a gay Christian. So talk a little bit more about that and what your inner life's about. Sure. Um, well, one of the most fun things is that I am uh, the author of a children's book that's about to be released in audio format. Um, so that's a lot of fun. It's a uh, it's a kid's book about a doggy hero, um, and the the dog character's name is Rumple Pimple. That's the title of the book, and Rumple Pimple has two moms. So the focus of the book is just on his adventure, uh, but the fact that he has two moms is kind of a statement to kids um, who are looking for books that reflect their own family structure and uh, kind of reflect the diversity of, of um our world today. Um, so we're turning, we've turned that into an audio book. It's um, in the process of being uh, released by the, the audio system um, and should be up within the next few days. Um, so look for that. It's, it's uh, the voice was performed by the wonderful George Saroy. That's spelled S I R O I S in case any other writers out there are looking for, for um, a talented voice actor. So uh, we're pretty excited about that. Um, the other work I do, um, I've been writing about the intersection of sexuality and theology for a number of years um, with a focus on Christianity. Uh, I am a, a gay Christian, as you mentioned, or a, I guess a, a queer Christian, really. And... Um, I originally wrote from the perspective of a very socially conservative um, point of view with a, a Catholic, um, a Christian kind of uh, worldview. 
and God had other plans and put me together with my wife when my at a time when my marriage to my husband was exploding in its final kind of in its final death spiral. Um, and so I have been exploring uh, God's love um, from the opposite side of the lens since then uh, for um, seven or eight years now. So I write about those issues um, for the Huffington Post, and I'm working on a on a book on that topic about Christianity and the LGBTQ um, identity. And I've got a novel that I'm shopping out. I'm working on a second novel and some other children's book pro- book projects. So that's kind of me in a nutshell, I think. So it sounds like you've been very busy writing books and trying to learn how to love the community. Yes, yeah, that's my uh, my mission, I think. I think that's all of our missions in a sense. So... We know that we are now five days away from President-elect Donald Trump's inauguration. So tell me a little bit about your thoughts on that. We're asking all our listeners as they come on to talk about it, to get different viewpoints of what people are thinking about President-elect Trump and what his presidency means for the United States. To tell you the truth, I'm still hoping that something is going to happen that prevents it. Um, the closer we get... The, the less likely it seems, but um, my initial response was that it couldn't possibly be true and it couldn't possibly happen. Um, after seeing his last, well, first press conference since he was uh, since he won the electoral, electoral college, um, I've been increasingly scared because it seems more and more likely. I, I don't know if it's that I've been in a case of denial or just that. I know that sometimes the universe um, brings about wonderful things <laughs> and have been hoping that something strange and wilder than what's already been happening would happen to prevent his taking off it. So that being said, um, and obviously I'm horrified on so many levels, even if it weren't for uh, the his cabinet picks and their views on, um, and, and Pence, and their views on LGBT issues, I think um, I would be still just as horrified and, and frightened. Um, it feels like another, it feels like a surreal world. Um, his views on truth and his willingness to just um, ignore truth and lie lie in our faces about easily checked things and um, proclaim, you know, the, this phrase fake news about, about things that he just doesn't like. And and more importantly, uh, his followers' willingness to just kind of go along with it. All those things are extremely um, troubling, frightening, and I don't even know. We're certainly living in interesting times, um, but it's it's really, really scary. Now, one of the things I'm doing um, as a response, because, you know, as a writer, you think, oh, you have an outlet. You can just go start pouring your thoughts out um, and, and have a way to kind of cope with this um, fear and, and emotion. But I found that I had a really, really hard time uh, being creative, and, I, and it turns out a lot of other artists are experiencing the same thing. Um, and yet I felt I had some kind of responsibility to do something. And so um, I started this project um, 
where for Huffington Post, it's a series um, of uh, of interviews with writing um, professionals is the wrong word, but people from the writing world in, in different venues. Uh, telling how they're coping and what they're doing and how they're trying to make a difference. Um, so far, I have a couple of uh, New York Times bestselling authors. There's an Oprah Book Club uh, winner. There's um, a screen, a Sundance Film Festival screenwriter. Um, the next one that's coming out, it should probably be appearing either later today or tomorrow, is with Leslie Newman, the author of Heather Has Two Mommies. So, um, go to Huffington Post. My, you can search for my name, Suzanne, uh, Mar- Suzanne DeWitt Hall. Excuse me, I don't think my middle name is in there. And uh, take a look at that series and hopefully be inspired by what people are trying to do. Um, so, so yeah, that's, that's kind of my take of where I am this few days out before inauguration. Yes, so we know that his cabinet picks, like you mentioned, are very divisive towards the LGBTQ community. Ben Carson has said repeatedly horrible things about the LGBTQ community. So has President, well, President, Vice President-elect Pence. So what are your thoughts on his cabinet? What could that mean for the LGBTQ community? Do you see rights taken away? Or do you think it's we're just not going to get anything new. It seems like we're in completely uncharted waters. You know, I'm not sure. It's almost like I don't have faith in um, constitutional protections, really. Um, One of our friends is um, a man who, well, we've got a, a variety of friends in the LGBT community. Um, but one guy is pretty terrified uh, about um, the actions of people completely separate from the cabinet picks, just the the hate actions that ramped up post-election. Hopefully they've calmed down a bit, but even if they haven't, it seems like there's this tacit permission amongst um, the people who are um, intolerant and racist and uh Islamophobic and anti-Jewish, that they kind of got this tacit permission now that they can go about broadcasting their hate. So we've got one friend who um, was walking with his best friend when he was younger, who they were two, two, two gay guys, they were walking along, and they got attacked, they got jumped, he was stabbed, and his friend was murdered. Um, so you've got a kid, you know, a, a man now, I think he's in his 40s, but who is living with this fear of of what this nation could could turn to with the with a sort of test permission or, or even the encouragement of these hate mongers. Um and we've got another friend who spent years in conversion therapy and um understands the horrors of that from the inside out and that's something that, you know, Pence and his his cronies are proponents of. Um <clears throat> and uh so it's very concerning. I have another friend um, who lives nearby who's been an ad. She's a trans woman and she's an advocate for trans rights. And uh, you know, she's she's finally she was able to get her birth certificate changed, and she, they're having trouble with uh, their marriage license, their marriage certificate, or um, 
have a licensing because they're already married, but dealing with having, making sure that their marriage is continuing to be valid is the next thing they're very concerned about um, because who knows what's going to happen with laws. And if I was to make a prediction, if, even if it would be difficult to change um, the same-sex marriage ruling short-term, it would seem pretty clear that other laws could take place that could impact people in a very negative way um, that would sort of work around it and, and also happen on a state-to-state level. So, you know, the time for vigilance and, and, and grassroots activism is, is upon us, that's for sure. Absolutely. And being MLK, John Lewis has been attacked by the Trump presidency committee and by Donald Trump himself. So what are your thoughts on that? And then after that, I have a short clip from actually that happened earlier today from John Lewis speaking at a MLK Day breakfast. Well, one of the astonishing things is just Donald Trump's um, lack of um, self-control about it. Because, I mean, if you tune in now, granted, hopefully he's busy enough to not be paying attention to social media a whole lot. But he is the Twitter king, so he's paying attention at least a bit. And if you have any kind of, um, if you had any kind of social media interaction um, that was paying attention to that issue in John Lewis's statement, you would have heard warning after warning after warning to not strike back. And if you're hearing that on social media, then you can only imagine what his advisors would be telling him into that hallowed ground. So to take such a hero um, for human rights, for civil rights, and, you know, for for, uh, African-American rights, and use the phrase, you know, that they need to work harder and that they haven't been doing much. It's just, it was just so asinine. So, so the terrifying thing about that is that this is the kind of level of self-control he can't he can't control himself about not maligning someone as iconic as John Lewis and something as banal as Saturday Night Live. Then how can we expect him to have any kind of self-control over grave issues of state? Um, so yeah, John Lewis, the whole John Lewis uh, fiasco has been really interesting. It absolutely has. And now I'm going to play a clip from this morning where John Lewis spoke on MLK and the legacy. Great. As Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, hate is too heavy a burden to bear. And I said to you as young men, the future leaders of this state, the future leader of this nation, the future leader of the world. We must never, ever hate. The way of love is a better way. The way of peace is a better way. So I said to you as role models, never give up. Never give in. Stand up. Speak up. When you see something that is not right, not fair, not just, you have a moral obligation to do something, to say something, and not be quiet. So I don't know about you, but that definitely does not sound like a man who does nothing to me. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, there's plenty of pictorial evidence that's been making the rounds of, you know, and what a contrast, even when you looked at Hillary Clinton's record during the campaign um, versus Don, Donald's, and when you look at what John Lewis has, has done and is continuing, you know, hasn't stopped. There he is still serving the nation um, compared to Trump's legacy. It's it's pretty laughable. Yes, it is. So what would, if you could say something to provide a sort of hope for anyone who's struggling with a Trump presidency, it's inevitable now, would that message be, how would you tell someone that it is going to be okay and that we can recover? I think uh, President Obama was uh, did such a beautiful job with that. Um, I think it was it his his last final speech of the year. I'm trying to remember which one, but it was a press conference. It was it was a speech and not a press conference, and he talked about um, the fact that the pre- any individual presidency is just a small period of time and that all the, all of the battles, all these wars, the major wars that we are waging um, have times of uh, where we're making lots of progress and times where progress is a little bit slower. And I found that to be encouraging and in realizing that um, worst case, we're talking about eight years. It would be shocking if it was longer. It would be shocking if it was eight years. Um, I don't see how it could possibly be um, longer because, well, first of all, we tend to bounce back and forth between Republicans and Democrats. Um, And second, it is seemingly unavoidable that we have an economic and social train wreck of proportions that we haven't seen um, in a long, long time, maybe ever, Um, in which case the nation and all the people who supported Trump out of hope for their own uh, challenges, right, their own, own perhaps primarily economic, but perhaps just their own um, lost dreams or lost vision, all that stuff that he did appeal to, he's letting them down right now, and he's going to continue letting them down, and those people um, are going to be disillusioned. Um, and it's, you know, hopefully going to happen quickly. So, you know, if if he takes office, uh, I think worst case, we're in for four years, Um because I can't imagine eight years, and it certainly wouldn't last longer than eight years with a similar administration. Um, so the one thing is hope that you know we can we can stand four years, we can we can survive it somehow. Um, and the second is, yeah, you know, I, I heard a story on NPR about this um, this lack of hope that a lot of people are experiencing, and one of the things that this particular study they were focusing on suggested was that taking action and finding ways, even small ways, that you yourself can make a difference is what helps revitalize hope. And focusing also on the, on the fact that people can change 
um, and people do change, and not feeling as if uh, there is no way out within this society um, helps helps remove that sense of personal hopelessness. Absolutely. And we always try to plug the Trevor Project in our shows. So the Trevor Project is a great organization for members of the LGBTQ community who are feeling hopeless or who just need someone to talk to. So here's Trevor Project. Hi, I'm Roddy Biggs, host of Spectrum Stories. Always remember that you are loved. And this is co-host Roger Lang. And this is Dr. Ron Holt, author of Pride. And we would like you to know that regardless of your sexual orientation or gender identity, you're loved as you are. If you are struggling with your sexual orientation or gender identity and want someone to speak to, the Trevor Project is available 24-7. Their phone number is 1-866-488-7386. So again, great organization. Highly recommend reaching out to it if you're struggling with anything they don't just help with sexual orientation, but we'll talk to anyone on any topic and try to get you through it. So, Susan, so any final single remarks that you have about your work, your life, or the next four years? Um, in general, in, in that quote we heard, it said, never give up, never give up. Don't be quiet. Um, and I think that those are good words is to to keep um, pushing for love as, as you just were suggesting in that the organization that you, you also played a clip from. Um, but also change. Uh, politically, there's, there are a lot of things you can do um, and, and the people's voice does matter. Um, getting the indivisible package, uh, which is easily found online, uh, which outlines grassroots activities um, that you can do, either individually or finding people, like-minded people, in your community uh, to try to make a difference. Um, And also to just be good. I think the power of being good people and the power of being loving is vastly underrated. And the power of being an example of, um, of a truly loving human, gay, lesbian, transgender, bisexual, queer, intersex, or heterosexual, cisgender person. Just the power of being a good person and being loving to show, um, to shine that uh, light of truth is really important. Um, And... Uh, let's see, as far as other projects be, like I said, be on the lookout for that HuffPost series. It could be inspiring to give you ideas for what you can do um, and what other writers are doing and, and encouraging the people that you, of influence that you know to make a difference. That's, that's also uh, a useful thing. Um, and to be a listener, I have one of the authors, one of the writers that I'm going to be featuring, he's a, he's a playwright. He, when bad things happen on his Facebook page, he just posts, if you need someone to talk to, private message me. I'll listen. Um, it's a small thing, and yet it's a huge thing for someone who's really struggling and needs someone to hear them. Um, so, you know, be the, be the change you want to see in the world, I guess, is the biggest message. And go look for the, my children's book, Rumple Pimple. It will make you smile and laugh 
and um, it's a small way to make a difference uh, for the kids that you know to show them that families with two moms or uh, two dads uh, are just just fine. Absolutely. And I think what you said is the most important thing, that just to show love in our society, especially over the next four years, is going to be the biggest possible thing you can ever do and not to give up. That's always a great message to show out, show out to people is just do not give up. Let love shine. Be who you are and don't be afraid to be who you are. So, Susan, I'd like to thank you so much for coming on today. If you wouldn't mind, tell our listeners where they can find you on social media. Sure. Well, you can find Rumple Pimple, just like it sounds, one word. Um, if you Google it, uh, you can find him a variety of places, but he's on Facebook and Twitter, and he's got a web page. Uh, you can find me at sdewitthall.com. Uh, That's S for Suzanne and my last name, dewitthall.com. I'm also on Facebook and Twitter, so poke around and you will find me. Wonderful. Well, again, thank you so much for coming on the show today. A happy MLK to you. Keep up the great work and keep fighting for equality. Thank you, and you as well. Have a great day. Take care. You've been listening to Spectrum Stories. I'm your host, Roddy Biggs.